Coop's house. All right, so I've done my research. I watched three different complete Virginia games. I watched last year's game another time. I think, I think, I think I'm ready to talk Houston, Virginia before this Saturday. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Angel Hater Breakdown. All things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan, just a hater can stop by. Please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can get the podcast in your feed each and every day. That we can make us your first listen of the day. Uh, thank you for coming to the YouTube channel. It's good to see you again. Again, when we get to that point, I think the shirt's too far away to reach for now. We are giving away a Marcus Sasser t-shirt once we get to 250 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Uh, we spoke to that artist about this time a week ago, so you can go check that episode out in the catalog as well. Uh, to get that shirt, you got to make sure we get to 250 subscribers. So make sure you hit subscribe down below, help us get there. And there's going to be someone who's commenting, so make sure you leave comments on the videos. If you can't think of something to say, question today is, do you think ranch is a dressing or a dip? Now, in today's episode, we're going to look all things Virginia from the Cougs perspective. Uh, Cougs perspective only today. We're looking at a kind of a scouting report on what the matchups I'm predicting will be. Um, some familiar faces on the Virginia side, admittedly. Uh, in the second segment, we're going to look some at like a year ago and tendencies and how those things shake out. And in our final segment, we'll get some thoughts on what this game will look like on Saturday. I'm sure by the time we get to the final segment, I have some idea of what I'm thinking anyway. But as we look at the matchups for this game, I think first thing we got to point out, and we'll talk more about the game from a year ago in a minute, but they have the exact same starting five at Virginia. Um, Kihei Clark is a 5'10 grad student. I thought he was a senior. He's a grad student. Um, they have a the other guard in the backward is Reese Beekman. He's a 6'3 junior. Uh He's kind of a guard, quasi-forward. His name's Armand Franklin. He's a 6'3 senior. Uh, and then in a front court type of position, kind of a hybrid guy, they got Jaden Gardner. He's a 6'6 senior. Uh, and then their big fella down low they have is a 6'11 redshirt junior named Caden Shedrick. Um, the way I see this matching up is I think Jamal Shed will cover Kihei Clark. Um, Kyler Edwards guarded him a year ago. I, I think that what's interesting here is that they use Kihei a lot like we use Shed in that he's kind of the, you know, engine to everything they do, even if he's not like their most versatile score. I mentioned yesterday's episode, but I'm going to mention it again today. Virginia's really interesting that all five of their guys score between nine and 11 and a half points per game. Um, it's very, very balanced scoring across the board this year for them. Very, very balanced plan of attack across the board for them this year. They have some games like one guy gets 20, one guy gets two, obviously, and then the next game it flips, and that's how you get that average. But as far as predicting where things go, there's not like when you see us coming your way, you know, I got to go stop Sasser. So the Alabama did, and it worked for them, right? Uh, when we were getting ready for Alabama, it was like, oh, man, we got to stop Brandon Miller. We did that. They had to go to something else. We just weren't ready for that, something else, right? Um, when I'm looking at the Virginia roster, the only thing I think of is that Kihei Clark kind of steers them in the right direction. So putting Jamal Shedd on him, I think feels important because Jamal Shedd is, in this analyst's opinion, our best perimeter defender, um, especially of guard sides, guys. And frankly, he can expend his energy there. We can maybe hide Sash a little bit and then let him take over on the offensive side. Um, so that's the one matchup 
I see the other guard, Reese Beekman, is 6'3". I think that'll be a Sasser matchup. Um, now, Beekman can do some stuff with the ball. I don't mean to say he's an easier matchup, but it'll be a lot more off-ball defense for Sasser than it would be if he were on Kihei Clark. A year ago, he was on Kihei Clark, and I'm not saying he can't do it. I just don't know that I would do it how we're coaching this team right now. I mean, Samson's smarter than I, so we'll see how he thinks about it. Uh, that leaves Armand Franklin, Shaman Mark, to be the other like third guard-ish matchup. Um, Armand Franklin is their biggest guard of the three. Shaman Mark is our biggest guard of the three. Um, I think what's interesting to me is that um, they're both long. Armand Franklin's a little thicker through the chest and shoulders. Shaman Mark, I think, is a little bit better shooter from deep. Um, they're both about 6'4", 6'5", long arm, positive wingspan. Um, Tremont Mark wears his shorts a little shorter, so his legs look long. I don't know if he's actually got longer legs and limbs, but they're both it's the same height, so I'm going to attribute to the shorts maybe. Um, that leaves Jaden Garner. Uh, he's their 6'6", uh, kind of big. I think that's a Jairus Walker matchup made in heaven. I'll tell you why in a minute why I think that goes our way, but that's a key, key matchup here to get their senior on our freshman. And then that Caden Shedrick is kind of their junkyard dog type that means he's going to get the j1 robert matchup i think that's a matchup that j1 robert eats up and i don't mean that to say that like shedrick is not good he's a very good basketball player but we've seen j1 roberts with guys in the same athletic class as shedrick but much taller right um we've seen j1 roberts kind of like still eat those guys alive because they can't keep over them side to side and then he's got the long arms finished over the top doesn't really matter gets his right shoulder in their chest finish the left hand um shedrick is listed as 6'11", watching him play Michigan, especially against their big fellow, I think it's Dixon. Um, I feel like Shedrick is actually probably closer to 6'10", certainly closer to 6'10", to 7 foot, right? Like, he might be 6'10", and change, and so he rounds up 6'11", um, whereas I think J1 is like 6'9", and I'd probably say with his length and shoulders, he probably plays a little bit bigger than that. Um, I think that's a matchup J1 eats up. What's interesting in looking at the Virginia Who's or Virginia Cavaliers, I guess I don't, I don't know. Someone can comment what what the delineation there is. Is that they play their five starters a lot? Um, as I'm looking at the statistics here, make sure I'm on the right page. Uh, they play their five starters 33 and a half minutes down to it. One guy's at 23 and a half minutes. They got Ben Vanderplas. Uh, ben is a six eight grad student. Um, he's a perimeter guy though, um, and so I I'm not too terribly worried about. His size. Um, he also, though, gets um, about 23 minutes. And then there's a big, big drop down to a couple freshmen that Tony Bennett is clearly working into the system still. Now, those freshmen could go off against us. And I mean, say that's not worth watching those guys. I mean, Isaac Neely and Ryan Dunn are both very high tied kids coming out of high school. Uh, what does it say here? Uh, McNeely. McNeely was 55 player in the country, coming out of high school. And then uh, Ryan Dunn uh, did multiple of those academy type things as well. Uh, good, good, talented freshmen. I just think that, you know, they're getting 17 and 11 minutes respectively. Them stepping up in a big way will be kind of a new thing, new development for them. Um, as I watch them play, I think Tremont Mark, uh, maybe even Terrence Arsenal, some could get some of that. Uh, Isaac McNeely kind of run. Ben Vanderplus and Ryan Dunn kind of offer a little bit different stuff off the bench. I think that's going to be a Jairus Walker Reggie Cheney, maybe some more JVA Francis. Uh, some of that kind of stuff I think could work out in Houston's favor as well. That's how I see those kinds of things going. I think after Francis's big game on Tuesday, I think his uh, you know notable, like we missed him last Saturday, I think we're going to see some of his minutes as well because A, his length will kind of deter people at the rim, and B, as good as Virginia is 
on their own offensive side. They're not like a fleet of foot team that's going to leave Javier Francis like in quicksand, especially when they have uh, Caden Shedrick out there. And so I feel like that means he can kind of still be that help side gallop step to defend the rim, kind of help defender. And um, and I'll get to their sets, but I think that that's going to be important to keeping on the floor as well. And if he's out there, that means you can have Cheney or Jaywan or somebody else on one of the other six eights and maybe get uh, Jarrett some rest against it'd be a you know, hostile environment. Um, I think if it if Houston can adapt to the hostile environment, you'll see you know Arsenal and and Jarrett Walker a lot. Um, we'll get to why I might want to see Emmanuel Sharp out there as well, but I think you'll see at least obviously Walker starts and then see some Arsenal minutes off the bench. Um, but if the hostile environment is too much, and there were times in the Alabama game that a home hostile environment felt like a little too much. Um, we might stay with the Ramon Walker, Reggie Cheney size type of guys coming off the bench, a little bit more veteran guys. Um, looking at that roster, you'll notice I mentioned a lot of grad students, seniors, only two freshmen in the rotation, and they don't get a whole lot of minutes. This is a very veteran team that Virginia has. We heard Samson mention the other day, Houston, in a lot of ways, has a super, super young team, right? They returned Sass. Uh, Chaney was a starter a year ago, but not starter anymore. J1 Roberts is a starter, but didn't play a whole lot. He didn't start last year for sure. Jarris Walker's a freshman. Uh, Tremont Mark, coach calls him a second semester freshman because of all the time he's missed hurt. Um, Jamal Shedd came off the bench last year, played a lot once Sasser went down. Um, but Sasser, because he was down, did not play a lot last year. Like that all kind of ties together. I mean, like Houston is a lot younger this year than Virginia. And that'll be really, really interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that shifts things like the lines. Speaking of the lines, Let's talk a little bit about this today's episode being brought to you by BetOnline.net. Now, BetOnline.net is your one-stop shopping for all things sports betting. It's got betting info, stats, news, analysis, the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season and the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, you're going to find those on BetOnline.net as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. And you've been listening to us all week. I've been telling you this all week. We've talked about this. But you should go to BetOnline.net. You should find the Independence Bowl game that Houston is playing Louisiana Lafayette in. You should put your money on Houston because they're going to win the game. Put Houston on the points as well because you're going to win by more than six and a half points. And the over under set at 58. And I think that thing's going over. I've said it over and over again. I'm sure someone's going to make me eat my words if it's like 57 and six points. But Houston is bringing in their full star-studded offense because they either are not leaving, are not graduating, or are trying to show off one last time because it season kind of in a dis- disappointing fashion. And so you're going to see Clayton Toon throwing to Tank Dell for a lot of touchdowns, and I think that's really important. So I'm saying take Houston. I'm saying take the points for Houston. I'm saying take the over on the 58. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So in looking more at um, 
kind of how this game went a year ago. I mentioned Virginia is much older than Houston is. Um, that's because a year ago, Virginia literally trotted out the same five starters and also brought in Ben Vanderplas off the bench, right? Um, that's the exact same team. So, yes, Houston won by 20 a year ago against that team, but they're bringing back a veteran group of the same guys. We saw their team grow up over the season last season. You're watching more of the national college basketball stage. And Houston is replenishing a lot of stuff, right? I mean, last year, a big, big part of that win was that Kyler Edwards shot five or six from three over the top of that pack line defense. Marcus Sasser also shot three or four for three. So maybe if like Sass goes five for six, can we get like Chance Arsenal to come in and go, you know, four of seven? Like, can we get something to balance it out? But that was a big, big part of last season. Fabian White, who's now been kind of going back and forth between the G League and the NBA. I don't know if you guys have seen that over in the West Coast. Um, Fabian White came in as a big energy guy from the start. Couple big blocks, a bunch of deflections and stuff, and deterrences at the rim. Eight big boards, diving on the floor and the loose balls. He was an active, active guy in that game. He's moved on, right? Like those kinds of guys in Houston impact the game and impact the win last year in a way that we, you know, are going to miss. Um, Virginia, while they put up a measly forty-seven points last year and lost in kind of an embarrassing way in a season that like was very un-Tony Bennett for them last year brings all those guys back that means they a little hungry they remember that from last year b been in the system for a year we're still getting our guys used to the system right we talked about jairus walker coming out of the end of the alabama game because of adjustments on the defensive side chance arsenal was moment felt a little big whatever right um i'm put i'm guess i'm putting that arsenal moment felt big out there he has not said that as much um but all that is to say that in looking at last year's game while it helps determine like what Tony Bennett wants to do to attack Houston and Samson's defense and the kind of defense where he'll be covering Houston's offense with, what it really doesn't do is help me feel better about my personnel issues because I think Houston's better on a talent perspective at multiple spots. But the most talented team doesn't always win these things, right? Sometimes the most talented team has to play together to be good in March, and we're still learning each other in a lot of ways, right? We're still a really, really young basketball team. So as I look at this, I think what's interesting is that I imagine, especially with Houston this year versus Houston last year, that you're going to see Virginia's pack line stay inside that 22-foot mark again and extend on the ball, especially when it's like uh, Marcus Sasser, maybe Terrence Arsenault, maybe if Emmanuel Sharp comes in. And the reason I want to see Emmanuel Sharp come in is because the goal of what Virginia does on defense is entirely to make you take catch and shoot threes with a guy running at your face, right? Their pack line defense meant to take away drives, take away those, you know, hyper-efficient shots. They're great with their feet and good at keeping their hands out. So they don't give off a whole lot of free throws or anything like that. Um, but their defensive goal and what Tony Bennett has built a tremendous system in Virginia is based on keeping opponents, in this case, Houston out of the layups and out of the free throws, Right. It's hard to get free throws from catch-and-shoot th- contested threes. It's hard to get free throws from catch-and-shoot contested 20-footers, right? Um, but also, it's hard to make those shots on their own, and so that makes them kind of like a little bit worse shots. Now, A, Houston is hyper-athletic and very, very quick. So I could see if Houston got into that, maybe those like contested, air quote, shots are not so contested. And B, I think what's interesting here is that... Um, you know, 
Houston's got some guys that can get hot. I mentioned Arsenal and Sasser and Sharp. There's a world where those guys all get out there. And then Tremont Mark is also, you know, say he hits, you know, two of six, right? All of a sudden they got to come cover him in a different way because, you know, when that, you know, three of seven is going to fall or whatever. And and I think those things can work out in Houston's favor. I'm telling you right now, Jairus Walker shoots the ball well from three on Saturday. This is get away from Virginia in a hurry. And I like those things for us. I watched them play uh, uh, James Madison and, and Baylor in Michigan. Michigan was eye-opening to me in a lot of ways too because it's kind of what makes me think that uh, J1 Roberts can eat a little bit in this game on the inside if they get into some one-on-one matchups. And their floppy set, I think, should still free him up on that. Um, I don't know if... I think Jarris Walker's advantage against uh, Jaden Gardner is going to be more about getting him um, like moving off the help side. I don't know if he's an, I mean, as much an isolation guy against that. That's not quite in Jarris's bag yet. And Jaden's a very veteran defender. But I would put my money on Jalen Roberts against Caden Shedrick on the inside on that kind of stuff. Um, and if they if they want to try and put Beekman on Sasser again, Sasser ate his lunch last year. And that's our one veteran returner guy in this mix. And so I, I don't think Tony Bennett does that again. Um, but in watching Beekman against uh, Keontae George at Baylor or some of the other guards they've seen this season, I will say he looks like he's a little quicker on his feet than he was a year ago. Um, obviously, Keontae George at Baylor is a top 10 pick as well. So, like, that's as good a matchup as he's going to have had this year um, ahead of until he meets Sasser, right? Obviously. But I, I just, he look, maybe looks a little bit quicker, but Sasser ate that. So, I don't know how it's going to work for them. Um, I, if I'm then, I think they have to put uh, Kihei Clark on Shed as well. I think that matchup goes both ways. And Kihei struggled with bigger guards in um, the Baylor and Michigan games, but he, you know, for all of Shed's things, he does very well. He is only 6'1", right? Kihei Clark's only 5'10", so he's a little bit bigger than Kihei Clark, but not bigger in the sense, like, I forget the name of the kid in Michigan, but he's like 6'3", right? It's not quite like that, and so I don't think it's quite the same impact as far as the size goes. What I do think it is, is uh, if, assuming that uh, Beekman has Sasser, because he covered Keontae, I do think that Shed is faster than anyone that Kihei Clark has seen this season. And so I think that that's the kind of thing that will help Houston because Shed will push the tempo. We saw him, saw him get 19 points against Alabama, basically just running high screen rolls and saying, I'm beating you to the basket with this like speed bumping your way. Um, I think they can do that to Kihei as well. I think the thing that happens out of this is that because Shedrick will be stuck a little flat footage, you're going to get some J1 Roberts rolls some Reggie Cheney rolls. Um, hopefully some JVR Francis rolls and those kinds of things. Um, I... I will say that um, one thing they did against Michigan, which was, was that a recent game? I believe um, it was certainly their closest game. Um, it was at this point, I guess it's two weeks ago uh, Two, yeah, almost three weeks ago. Um, it was more, I guess James Madison was more recent, but um, Michigan had shot to win it at the end. And in that game, um, based on who was covering who and Kihei Clark getting left fresh with some size, they did switch to Beekman running some points. Um, I could see Samson doing the kind of thing where like, hey, whoever brings it up, Shed's got Sasha's got the other one, right? I, I could see that kind of thing happening because they're both very good defenders. I think Shed's a little better, but they're both very good defenders, right? Um, so I I watched the at the end of the James Madison game, um, that game they won with their defense, and I think that what's interesting there is is that Kihei Clark was not outsized in that game; it was a much more impactful player. I wonder how Shed being a little stronger than guards that Kihei Clark has seen this year but not actually much taller 
then Clark himself will work out for them. Um, so a fun game in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's going to involve, uh, you know, if you're going, you're flying into, I assume, Richmond and driving over. Um, but if, if you're driving around after the game, um, we, need to, we need to talk about something a little bit more important. Let's say you're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, a few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think, oh, no big deal. Not, not worry about calling them for a ride. Your hotel's nearby. You can make a home okay. No big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? You know, so what's the worst going to happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, it doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why the police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save our lives. If you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, so in this last segment here, um, what I want to talk about a little bit is what I think will happen in the game. And I mentioned on Thursday's episode, at the end of the episode, go back check, I'm not changing my mind on this, I think the game goes either as a close game, and close games in college basketball kind of come down to, ooh, anyone could win. Or it was a blowout, Houston wins. The only way, I don't see Virginia winning in a blowout at their place. I know it's at their place, and that probably gives them a few points as far as crowd momentum, that kind of stuff goes. But with that pack line offense, or pack, pack line defense they run, the only way that Houston scores a lot of points in this game is if they get hot from behind the arc. Um, in which case, I think they start to run away with this thing. If Houston doesn't get hot from behind the arc, they're going to have to beat guys off the dribble and spread them out. And then when they get to the rim, either drop it to J1, drop it to Javier, um, or score through traffic. Now, Houston's got guards that can score through traffic. We've seen Shed dunk on a seven-footer from Alabama last week. I mean, it happens, right? It's just difficult. Um, so I think a competitive game could go either way. If you say, hey, Crystal Ball says it's a blowout, a blowout means Houston wins. Um, now, in talking that through, what I would do as a coach, and I mentioned this a second ago, is I think I'd initially go floppy their set where they have the two posts, the two blocks and guards running opposite, like using them both as screens popping outside and you're trying to get a low post ISO of sorts. Right. And then because that pack line is so focused on the ball, I think if I have Sasser feed it inside, boom, drop it off to J1, like at the short corner near side, short corner, right. As the defense focuses on the ball, let Sasser and shed as the guard at the wing or slot area and guard at the top of the key have more of a chance to like work some magical kind of stuff. Either Sasser cuts the basket, Shed replaces him in the slot area, vice versa, obviously works as well too. That way you can have J1 drop, no look, Magic Johnson gets to drop it off to him. Or you could also have the kinds of things, right, where like after uh, Sasser or Shed 1 drops it off into that short corner for J1, well, he's going to work in isolation and the eyes are on him. The other, he goes and sets the, the initial passer, goes and sets a, uh, off ball screen on the guy at the top of the key. That guy flashes the, to, to the slot, makes an easy kick out pass or a kick out three. Ought to be open because of the screen. It helps as your percentages a little bit. Um, those are some stuff out of floppy sets that uh, Samson's run a lot this year. They think they could get to that will still be effective in this. Truthfully, though, if Jarris Walker is defending, wants to be on the floor for the entirety of the game, and 
he's athletic enough to do it. This is not the same kind of team Alabama was. Um, and frankly, even in Alabama, I think that Jarris in like February will have a much better game against them than they would have than Jarris did in December uh, on the defensive side. I wonder if um, you go four out, one in and do the high screen roll kind of stuff that opened up shed for like 19 points in the Alabama game and was super, super deluxe simple. It's not difficult schematically for Virginia to figure out, but what it is, um, is it's putting the ball in your athlete saying, Hey, my kids are more athletic. My kids finish the rim better. Uh, my kids finish the traffic better because it's simple. And Houston's going to have a much younger lineup out there in a very, hostile environment uh, i would imagine charlottesville is gonna be looking a little bit crazy <laughs> um it also gets a the ball and sasser shed mark whoever's hands going downhill um and then it b it i think i'll say it, i think we're faster and so since we're faster i think might as well use that to attack and downhill off screen and since i i understand like they've played baylor illinois michigan florida state big schools and we played like alabama oregon Alabama's athletic and they beat us. Um, and then like a bunch of good, but not hyper athletic schools that are like in the group of five or, you know, whatever. Um, I understand that like our tape looks a little bit different, but I just think in watching it, like, yes, Houston played St. Mary's and looked a lot more explosive on the floor than they did. Um, but the gap in that was so big. I think it still carries over this Virginia game, Right. Um, the other thing I could see happening here is Houston's defense. Um, I could see them going to a small lineup with the Virginia starters out there um, where they get like Ramon Walker as a, you know, muddy, grimy, technically a guard, but plays like a forward kind of guy. I, I'd i be interested to see him, you know, man-to-man matched up with Jaden Gardner but really just being a Dennis Rodman type, right? Really just being a guy that runs around and flies around and dives on the floor and get loose balls and causes chaos on defense. I, I'd be interested to see what they do there on the defense side. I think Samson does his normal thing where Jamal Shedd might pick up the ball somewhere else. But other than that, people are picking up the ball basically inside of about 27 feet, meaning that like if you're beyond like Steph Curry range, we're not going to cover you. But once you come in, it's all eyes and ears on you. And you kind of see Houston working on a string in a lot of ways that they'll try and double the ball screen. And then you see guys rotating over like they're almost attached by little bungee cords or something uh, to cover up Roman and that kind of stuff. Um, With that said, as far as like three point shooting goes and like worried about that leaves theoretically open kickouts and not that and all that kind of stuff. The only guy they got um, two guys shooting high percentages on, um, notable amount of attempts. Um, uh, Kihei Clark is shooting 42% on three and a half attempts per game. Uh, and then Armand Franklin is shooting 40% on four and a half attempts per game. So I'd imagine Kihei is involved in the screen and roll that we're trying to trap on. The deal will be is in that rotation off of that, where you cover up the roller, try to take a charge, et cetera. It's whoever is on Armand Franklin can't leave because he is a dangerous shooter. The rest of their guys, I mean, yes, Chase Coleman for them is shooting 50% from three. He is also averaging six minutes per game and shooting just one three-pointer per game, right? Like, I'm not, he makes one, he makes one. Sure, he just doesn't shoot a lot of them. Um, or at the other end of the spectrum, you've got, uh, like, guys that play a lot more minutes that are shooting 
you know, I think uh, Reese Beekman is shooting 47%, but shoots just two threes per game. Not really in his bag. It sounds, it looks like in looking at this, he got hot in one of these games that I didn't end up watching, right? Like I could see that kind of a thing happening as well. Um, but he, he's only shooting two per game on average. So it's not like he's going to that a lot, right? Um, I say that to say that my thing would be trapping the ball, forcing bad passes, seeing so get a turnover, taking away the roll man. And then once the ball starts moving, then you're just in the Houston chaos defense. I think they, they live very well in my prediction on score here as we wrap things up um, would be, I think Houston wins in Charlottesville. I think they come back. I don't think it quite launches them to a number one seed or a number one ranking on Monday. Um, but I do think it kind of, there'll be some vengeance there for them. I just, I look at this team and like bluntly, they beat Baylor by seven. Um, Baylor's got its own young star, right? They're still growing up. They beat James Madison by five. James Madison is a group of five team. Uh, they beat Michigan by two. Michigan had a great shot at the end that would have won the game. Uh, I think the kid got fouled. The ref did not. That's the way it goes. Also worth pointing out that like star at Michigan, uh, Jet Howard, son of coach Juwan Howard, um, he cramped up and missed like, 45 seconds of the last two minutes and the last two minutes kind of felt stalled and dead. Um, There's a weird turnover that led to a take foul that got them a couple of those free throws uh, that got them to 70 in the first place. I just, as a whole, I, that Michigan was close enough to call me a, a coin flip and Michigan wasn't ranked. Um, I think Virginia's ranked so high because of Samson said about Houston being ranked so high. They started off the year in the preseason ranked high and they hadn't lost yet. And I think they've got flaws just like I think Houston's got flaws. And I think in this matchup, the flaws favor Houston. Um, I think they're going to give Marcus Sasser a tough time defensively. I think it's going to be up to somebody else to show up as well. But because of that, I'm thinking Houston wins like 62 to 55. Not quite 10, not quite running away with it. um, But just like there's a couple plays at one point, like early second half, where Houston kind of builds it up to around a 10-point lead or maybe gets up to 12 or 15 doesn't quite give up the cushion in the way that they did against Alabama um, closer to the way they did against St. Mary's just maybe a little bit more sturdy because it's years continued. Um, I will say that they do that if they don't get stalled out on offense, like they did in the Alabama game um, and they keep their feet moving defensively. That's been the harping point for Houston all week at practice this week after the Alabama game is like moving their feet. And Samson was obviously super set with how they did not move their feet in that Alabama game. I don't think Virginia's as fast and athletic as Alabama. So I, I just say that to say that like, while uh, Jaden Gardner is strong, explosive vertically, he's not like side to side beach of the rim kind of quick on a straight line. Kihei Clark is obviously explosive. In fact, you have to be to be five ten playing a high level division one basketball, you know, high major, all that kind of stuff. But also he's five ten, So when he meets you at the rim, he's got to do something with it that, Again, being 5'10", I'm not super crazy worried about. And again, he's getting like 11.5 points per game. Um, in this game, if our freshmen play better than their freshmen, um, I think their freshmen come off the bench and play a little bit less role for them. So I don't think that's quite enough, but I think it helps, right? Um, the big thing to me will be, does someone besides Sasser shoot the ball well from three because this pack line will leave someone else open for three? So who's it going to be? Um, is it Jamal Shedd? Is it Tremont Mark? Is it finally Jairus Walker? Is it Terrence Arsenal off the bench? Is it Manuel Sharp who shoots the ball really, really well for all of his faults? 
Is it him off the bench? Is it, you know, who does that guy end up being? I think Houston finds it though. So again, I'm taking Houston 62 to 55. If you think something else is going to happen, please find me on Twitter to talk about it. Find me at Painsworth 52 P A I N S W O R T H 512. Stuck all things Cougs, Rockets, Astros, Texans, college basketball, football, whatever. The volleyball team had a great, great season. Shout out to them. Um, I guess, you know, we can talk about them as well as you want. Um, I'm just going to be patting people on the back in that case. But what have you, all things at Painsworth512 on Twitter and Instagram, all your social media stuff. I guess I hadn't, like, posted a TikTok yet. I post a Be Real every once in a while. Find me on. We'll talk about those kinds of things as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. Again, you can make sure you subscribe to get us in your listen, um, get us in your inbox and listen to us each and every day. We talk all things Cougs all the time here at Locked On Cougs. Thank you for making us your first listen. If you're looking for a second listen, I'm going to recommend the Locked On Astros interview with David Sampson. Uh, David Sampson was a he ran the Marlins for a while. Um, they did a really fun show with him. So make sure you go check that one out. Locked On Astros talking to David Sampson. I believe it came out on Thursday. So go back in the catalog, check that episode out. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the show. Locked On Cougs, a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go Cougs.